Hebrews chapter number 11, once again, we will read this morning verses 20 through 22, starting to catch up with where we're supposed to be with the Bible memory assignment. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 20 through 22, Uh, the Old Testament characters from this passage this morning, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, and all tied together by a common theme in these verses, see if you can notice it, Hebrews eleven twenty through 22, the Bible says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the parting of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Isaac, verse 20, Jacob, verse 21, Joseph, verse 22. What's interesting and similar about each of these three is the fact that the act of faith cited in the chapter occurred at or at least near the time of their death. These men, as they died, before they died, were concerned with what would happen After they died, and we're not going to look at each of the three instances mentioned here in detail. We'll spend the most time on Isaac from verse 20. Before we do that, I want to step back and just make a few general observations. First of all, the fact that the faith mentioned in Hebrews 11 for each of these three men, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, takes place. It's the, the references to something that happened at the end of their lives. That does not mean that there was no faith at any other point of their lives, okay? The, the, the fact that, that, that what we have mentioned in Hebrews 11 comes from the end of their life doesn't mean that was the only faith present at any time of their lives. I, I, I can see how we would perhaps be able to make that argument from Isaac. You read the narrative in Genesis, there's not much there. Uh, so, so maybe this is the, the, the first only mention of Isaac's faith. Jacob, um, he had, he had a lot that was the exact opposite of faith. Jacob, the supplanter, the deceiver, he's after the flesh, setting a, a bad example in many cases, but there was also, you know, the, the experience that Bethel, there was the experience where he wrestled with the Lord. So there are, there, there are other time in, times in Jacob's life where perhaps, uh, you see some faith, and then, of course, Joseph. Uh, Joseph's was certainly a life of faith, trusting in the promise of God. So if, if we try to make the argument that what we have in Hebrews 11 is the only faith exercise in our lives, that, that argument really breaks down, at least with Joseph in verse number 22. But remember the historical context of the passage in Hebrews 11 itself, who it was written to and why it was written to them. Hebrews 11 is not a doctrinal treatise on Old Testament salvation describing how the Old Testament saints were saved by faith, though it is applied in that manner properly. The Old Testament saints were saved by faith, but the point of Hebrews 11 is not to prove that point, okay? The point of Hebrews 11 is to give us the examples of these men who believed the word of God and did the will of God even when the results were not as expected. What, how, does, how does Hebrews 10 lead in this passage? Ye have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, ye might obtain the promise. This book was written to people who, who had stepped out in faith to follow Jesus Christ 
and it had cost them much. And there was a lot of pressure and there was a lot of temptation to turn back, to, to change course, to basically give up on the Christian life and go back to Judaism and back to everything they knew before they set off to follow Jesus Christ because it just wasn't really turning out all that well for them at the moment. But the results and the blessings and the benefits and the rewards of, of obeying God and doing as well, often they are not realized in the moment. We've got to have patience. We've got to have faith, trusting that it will be best in the end to do whatever it is that God has commanded. So these verses really continue to underscore what we've been saying about faith because the act of faith listed in verse 20, verse 21, verse 22, uh, the reason Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, the reason Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph, the reason that Joseph made mention about his bones when he died is they, they were trusting in and believing the promise God had made originally to Abraham, passed down to Isaac and Jacob, the patriarchs, then to Joseph. So, so why are they doing what they did in Hebrews 11? Because they believe the promise God made. Okay. The second thing to, to, to notice from these, these verses is the fact that, okay, the act of faith took place at the end of their lives. And we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to the end of the lesson, but it is important to end well. It is important to end well. Not everything in Isaac's life was a great success. Not everything in Jacob's life was a great success. Not everything in our lives is a success. But if we can get to the end of our lives, because all of us are going to get to the end of our lives, if we go from this life to the next, because all of us are going to go from this life to the next life, it would be so much better to do that trusting God in a, in a state of faith at that time than not. Now, it would be best to start well and finish well. That's the best testimony you can have. That ought to be the ambition of your life. I'm going to get serious about my service to Jesus Christ. I'm going to get serious about the will of God. I'm going to get serious about the plan that God has for me now. And I'm going to stick with it all my life. That would be the best option, the best alternative. I hope that all of you will do that. But it would be better... To start poorly and finish well than to start well and finish poorly. I want you to get a good start. Most of you, most of you have a really good start. Keep that going because it would be a sad thing to have a great beginning of your life, but then become a castaway. It would be it would be it would be a sad thing to to have all the privileges, and advantages, and opportunities that you have, and then to waste it. To be a Demas, to fall in love with this present world, to get wrapped up in sin or entangled up in the affairs of this life, and just absolutely throw away all the blessings that you've been given—that'd be a horrible thing. Now, some people they they don't start well. 
but they finish well. That's better than starting well and finishing poorly. Read the Old Testament. There are a lot of kings of Judah, man, uh, Josiah and Joash and Hezekiah and many of these men who had a great beginning. They got to the end of their days and their faith declined instead of increased. It, at the very least, Jacob, Isaac, Joseph, they went out with faith. Think of the parable of two sons from the book of Matthew. Told by their father, go. And here's what I want you to do. And the one said, yeah, I'll do that. And then he didn't. And the other that said, no way. But then he repented and he did. The Bible says this in Ezekiel 18. If the wicked will turn aside from all the sins that he has committed and to keep all my statutes, do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Here's, here's a guy that started wicked but repented and said, okay, I'm going to do right. God said, okay, he's not going to die. All his transgressions he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he hath done, he shall live. Have I any pleasure at all the death uh, that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, not that he should return from his ways and live. So I gave that man some space. I was long-suffering because I wanted him to go ahead and repent so that I didn't have to kill him. <laughs> and I'm going to let him live. The Bible says, but when the righteous... Turn away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doeth according to all the abominations the wicked man doeth. Shall he live? All his righteousness that he had done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he had trespassed and his sin he has sinned in them shall he die. Now I am not encouraging you to waste your younger years with the idea that I'm just going to get right with God later. I am encouraging you to get in on this now, but make sure you don't quit. Make sure you develop a real and genuine and lasting relationship with God so that your entire life can be one that is characterized by faith. By, by including these mentions in Hebrews 11, the Bible is by no means encouraging or condoning deathbed repentance. A lot of people, oh, I'm just going to get right with God right before I die. I'm going to do what I want now and then, you know, when it's almost too late, then I'll make sure we get things right. The problem with that is a lot of people who plan to get right at the 11th hour die at 1030. You ever heard that? Okay. It, that is a bad plan to follow because it rarely works out. And, and not just salvation, but it works for service as well. well. I'm just a teenager now. Well, I really can't do much now. Well, it's not very much fun right now. And I want to have fun. So when I'm old and boring anyway... That's when I'll do this boring Christian stuff, all right? A lot of people have that plan. They never execute that plan because guess what? If you follow the flesh and the devil, you're going to get enslaved and in bondage. And it's only going to be more difficult to get out of that mindset and that lifestyle into the will of God for your life. So um, better to finish well and start poorly than to start poorly and finish well. But best to start right and finish right. Third thing to notice before we go back to Genesis chapter 27 in just a minute. Is each of these men passed something down to their children. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau his sons. Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. Joseph mentioned the parting of the children of Israel gave commandment concerning his bones. They, they, they passed something down. 
But the thing about that is, what you pass down does not start when you die. The faith passed down from Abraham to Isaac didn't start when Abraham died. The faith passed down from Isaac to Jacob didn't start when Jacob died. The, the promise that went through these men. The legacy that you are going to leave behind starts today. The influence that you will have on the next generation, it, it's being developed as we speak and as we live and moment by moment. It, you, you, you ought to sometimes stop and think about what do I want to pass down when I'm gone but whatever it is that you want to pass down when you're gone, you got to be sure you start passing that down now because you can't just say something right before you die and that ultimately becomes your legacy. Does that make sense? Believe it or not, you are influencing people who are younger than you, whether it's intentional or not, whether you realize it or not, whether you want to or not, people who are younger than you are looking up to you to figure out how they should act what they should say, how they should dress, the attitude that they should carry, uh, how they should respond to preaching and to singing and to service opportunities. You're influencing somebody. You're passing something down. And we've got to be aware of that. What are you passing down to the next generation? These men passed down a promise from God that they trusted in. Verse number 20 says again, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Go ahead and come back to Genesis chapter 27. Genesis 27 we will spend most at least the remainder of our time here. There is, there, there's relatively little known of Isaac. There's a lot more information on Abraham, Isaac's father, than there is on Isaac. There's a lot more information on Jacob. Isaac's son than there is on Isaac. In chapter 21 of Genesis, we have the miraculous birth of Isaac. In chapter 22, we have that great, great Old Testament picture of the sacrifice of God's son, Jesus Christ, when Abraham took his son up a mountain with wood on his back. And, and Isaac asked his dad, where's the wood for the, or we've got the wood, we've got the fire, where's the offering? And, God, and, and, and Abraham said, my God shall provide himself a lamb for burnt offering, Genesis 22.8. It, it, it seems to me as Isaac pictures Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ willingly submitted himself to his father, became obedient to death, even that the cross seems to me like Isaac in Genesis 22 willingly submits to this plan that they thought God had for Isaac to be sacrificed. Abraham's faith will learn in Hebrews 11 was, or we did learn in Hebrews 11 was that God would, Raise him up. Chapter 23, not about Isaac. Chapter 24, a great love story, if you'd like to call it that, about Abraham finding a bride for his son. Anybody interested in following the Eliezer plan? Dad gets a servant. Servant, go back where we're from and find somebody, bring her back. Can you imagine being Isaac waiting in that field? For the camels to return, Isaac and Rebecca. Great, great, great picture, great typology of the Spirit wooing us, drawing us, bringing us to Jesus Christ. So we learn how he was born. We learn that he was almost sacrificed by his father. We learn that he got a bride in a most unusual fashion. And then in Genesis chapter 26, Isaac makes the same mistake that Abraham made. 
Time of famine, left the promised land, went somewhere else, lied about who his wife was, said she was his sister. But when Abimelech saw Isaac sporting with his wife, you were at the wedding yesterday, you saw a little bit of that. Little bit of that. You saw Isaac, That's, that is not his sister, right? So we know that about Isaac. And then in Genesis 27, the blessing of Jacob and Esau, Hebrews eleven twenty said, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. When I read Hebrews eleven twenty, that is not how I remember it. The passage that we're about to read in Genesis 27, it is, it is hard to see the faith that is here. And we'll talk about that as we move through the passage. And then we'll, we'll identify it, locate where it is. Genesis 27, verse number 1. It came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see. He called Esau his eldest son and said to him, My son, he said to him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go out of the field and take me some venison. Now we use the word venison. We're talking about a specific kind of wild game. That would be? Deer, okay? In the, in the Bible, when it uses venison, it could be any kind of wild game. I'm confused. I was confused. How did, how did Rebecca cook up some goat and Isaac thought it was a deer? I've had goat meat and I've had deer meat. And they weren't very similar to me. At all. Now, maybe Rebecca just knew how to do those kind of things, or maybe venison, as the dictionary said, could just be any type of wild game. Thought I'd clear that up for you in case you were confused like I was. Verse 4, and make me savory meat such as I love. You know that's the first mention of the word love in the Bible? It is a man and food. Make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless thee before I die. Now, now again, by faith, Isaac, here's, here's where we don't see the faith in Genesis 27. Isaac put his flesh in first place above the duty that he had to carry out. If, if only he had not, man, I really love it when Esau makes me some venison. Esau, go get me some venison and then I'll bless you. If he just... If he didn't have to have that, the story would have been a lot different in Genesis 27. You know what I mean? Verse number five. Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speaking to Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. You see, Isaac had his favorite child, and it was Esau, and Jacob had her favorite child. I'm sorry. Man. Rebecca had her favorite child, and it was Jacob. Jacob, a plain man. He liked to cook. He liked to stay inside the tent. He was domestic. He could have been an event coordinator one day. All right. Esau, he's, he's, a, he's an outdoorsman. He smells like a field, we'll learn in Genesis 27. He likes to hunt. He likes to fish. He's a very hairy man. And uh, he's just, he's, he's manly in all kinds of ways. Isaac loves Esau, kind of like me. Isaac loves Esau and Rebecca loves Jacob. How many of your parents have a favorite child? 
Just be honest, okay? How many of you, okay, am I? How many of you are the favorite child? Anyway, when, when you have children, um, you'll have a favorite, but don't let them know it. Just, just kidding. It changes from day to day. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, it, but it, it's causing problems in Isaac and Rebecca's home. So she overhears what, what dad says to Esau, and she's going to kind of manipulate the situation. Rebecca not setting a very good example here. Go down to the flock, verse 9. Fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he Man, he must have been hungry. It's going to take two well, kids of the goats. I guess it's the little ones. And thou shalt bring it, verse 10, of thy father, that he may eat, and he may bless thee before his death. Jacob said to Rebecca's mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will feel me, and I shall see him as deceiver. Well, there's a reason for that. If you don't want people to think you're a deceiver, don't deceive them. You know, it's interesting, and this is totally off topic, but it's interesting. People go out and they do horrible things, and then they get really mad when people identify the horrible things that they did. Like, I'm going to go commit adultery, but I can't believe all these people in the church gossiping about my adultery. No. What you ought to be really surprised about is, or really concerned with, what is worse, saying they committed adultery or committing adultery? People do horrible things, but then they get really, really mad if anybody says anything about it or if anybody identifies them as the type of person who did what they did. I don't want to seem like a deceiver. Well, then tell the truth. And I shall bring a curse upon me. And not a blessing. His mother said unto him, Upon me by upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice, go fetch me them. He went and fetched, brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, put them upon Jacob, her younger son. She put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. Have you ever felt a goat? <laughs> Have you ever felt anybody's neck that felt like that? Anybody's arms that felt like that? I would love to see this guy. She gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared in the hand of her son Jacob. He came to his father said, My father, he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according. He probably kind of lowered his voice. I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. Isaac said to his son, That doesn't sound like you. <laughs> Now, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. That wasn't Esau. We don't see any evidence or indication. Esau would say something like that. Isaac said unto Jacob, come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee. I may feel thee. My son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. Now, I mean, it kind of makes sense when you're thinking about it, but but let's step back. Let's, let's make a biblical application. Isaac's walking after the flesh. Isaac's deciding upon, upon the basis of something that he can feel. He is using his senses. He's not praying about it. He's not using his spiritual discernment. It's in faith. Feeling is the opposite of faith. Feeling and faith, those are mutually exclusive. That I may 
feel thee, my son, whether that be my very son. He's, 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 he's depending on his senses. Verse 22, Jacob went near to Isaac's father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice. So the whole lowering your voice thing didn't work. The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau, just like a goat. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy, as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him, and he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. See, i got to eat first. Hungry. Make bad decisions when you're hungry. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat. And he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said to him, Come near now, and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment. Test number two. This, this feels like Esau. It doesn't sound like Esau, but it feels like Esau. I wonder if it smells like Esau. Hey, come give me a kiss. Get close. And he smelled him. He smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. They bottle that up, sell it the store, Esau, cologne. It was just like, a, I guess there could be worse things to smell like. All right, he's, he's feeling in verse 21, depending on that. He's smelling in verse 27, depending on that. Again, he's depending upon his senses. That's not faith. Therefore, God give thee the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, plenty of corn and wine, let people serve thee. So he blesses Jacob. Verse 30, came to pass as soon as Isaac made an end blessing Jacob. Jacob's yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac's father. Esau's brother came in from his hunting. He also had made savory meat, brought it unto his father, said unto his father, Let my father arise, eat of thy son's visit, and my soul may bless thee. And Isaac, his father, said to him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it me, and I have eaten of all before thou camest, and blessed him? Yea, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great, exceeding bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me, even me also. O oh, my father, and he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times and took away my birthright. Behold, now hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answering said unto Esau, Hold, I have made him thy Lord, and all his brethren have I given him for servants. With corn and wine have I sustained him. What shall I do now unto thee, my son? Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, my father. Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, the dew of heaven from above. By the sword shalt thou live, shalt serve thy brother. It shall come to pass, and thou shalt have the dominion. Thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing worth his father had blessed him. And Esau said in his heart the days of mourning, My father at heart or hand. And you know the rest of the story. Esau wants to kill him. Rebekah sends her favorite little boy, Jacob, away. Let's read a couple more verses, then, 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 then we'll, we'll, we'll get the idea, the theme from the passage. Verse number 1, chapter 28, Isaac called Jacob, blessed him, charged him, and said to him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Badanaram, to the house of Bethuel, my, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee. Thou mayest be a multitude of people. Give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee. And of thy seed with thee, thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. Okay? So, there's a lot about Genesis 27 that doesn't look like faith at all. 
Isaac's completely depending upon his senses. Isaac is being uh, deceived by his son Jacob. And yet Hebrews eleven twenty says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. So how did this episode make it into a chapter that is trying to illustrate for us faith? When Isaac blessed Jacob, what did he say in chapter 28? I'm passing down the blessing of Abraham. When Isaac did not give that blessing to Esau, his favorite son, come on. Don't you think he wanted to give it to Esau? But when he'd already given it to Jacob, when he didn't give it to Esau, when he reiterated the promise in chapter 24, Isaac's blessing of his son is based on the promise God made to Abraham. And if Isaac did not believe that promise, there would be no blessing of his sons. If Isaac did not take the blessing God had given Abraham and passed down to him seriously, we wouldn't read anything in Genesis 27 and 28. I'm not excusing Isaac's failures in the chapter. I'm not saying uh, the way that Isaac went about this is an example for us. There were serious repercussions for the way that that home was handled and the way that these events unfolded. But the basic idea and what Hebrews 11 brings us back to is God made a promise to Abraham. I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to multiply your seed. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your family a blessing to all the peoples. God made that promise to Abraham. Abraham believed the promise. That promise passed down through Isaac. Isaac believed that promise and passed it down to his son Jacob and didn't include Esau, because it wasn't the will of God, Isaac's blessing indicated he believed what God said to Abraham. Even though he didn't go about it the right way, even though he didn't do it the right way, he believed what God said. And that was the faith that resulted in the fact that he passed down that blessing. Does that make sense? All right. Je- Hebrews 11 is not saying we need to take Isaac's example in, he- in Genesis 27 in every instance. But we do need to learn from Isaac. He believed the promise God made to Abraham. And God's made us promises. And we need to believe them. And God's given us commandments. And we need to obey them. Now the fact that he made the promise when he was dying means obviously the promise has not yet been fulfilled. Here he is at the point of death, and it's not a great nation. It's not a multitude of people. But he believed it in spite of the fact that it had not yet been fulfilled, and we have got to believe God's way is best, even when in the, in, in, in the near term it means difficulty. We have got to believe God's will is best. Even if the only blessing and reward we receive is an eternity, we have got to be able to look past the immediate consequences and results and just have faith in the promise of God. And Isaac does illustrate that for us. Okay. The blessing of Jacob and Esau by Isaac is not the only event from Hebrews 11 that looks different than it's recorded in the Old Testament. Come back to Hebrews 11. Let's finish here. Hebrews chapter 11. I want to point these out to you. 
Let's just go quickly through this list of people and what they did. I mean, it really is a blessing. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out, verse 8, to a place which he should have to receive an inheritance, obeyed. If you read Genesis 11, 12, Acts 7, put it all together, Abraham's obedience was hesitant. Abraham's obedience at first was partial. Abraham was supposed to leave all of his kindred. They all went with him from Earth Chaldees. His brother, his father died, and then Lot still went with him when they left Haran. So yeah, Abraham obeyed, but man, Hebrews 11 makes it sound a lot better than it actually was. Through faith, verse number 11, Sarah received strength to conceive seed. Is that how you remember it in Genesis 17 and 18? God makes promise, Abraham laughs. God makes promise, Sarah laughs. It seems different in the Old Testament than it appears in Hebrews 11. Look at verse number 32. What shall I more say for the time when family to sell of Gideon and of Barak? Does anybody even remember who Barak is? He was supposed to be the leader at the time when Deborah was the de facto judge in Israel. Judges chapter 5. So they were supposed to go out to battle against the enemies of God. And Barak says to Deborah, well, I'm only going if you'll go with me. He had a wedding to coordinate. Barak's in Hebrews 11? Roll call of faith? I'm not saying that God is twisting the narrative. I'm not saying that God is fabricating faith or making up something that wasn't there. But when when we step back and we try to make some application, it's a very encouraging application. A lot of people make excuses. Well, I just don't have a lot of faith. I just don't have great faith. I'm just not a... I don't have really strong faith. You know what Jesus said? If you have faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed, it's all it takes. It's not about the greatness of your faith. It's about the greatness of the God who made the promise upon which your faith is based. Do you you have enough faith just to believe what God said and to do what God said? Because that's what it takes. We We could highlight the failures of of the lives of each, almost all the individuals in Hebrews chapter 11. Noah, a drunk. Abraham, a liar. Sarah, a laugher. Jacob, a deceiver. Moses, a murderer. Rahab, a harlot. Gideon had to put out the fleece. Did it twice. Still needed more going out of the camp. He had to hear somebody say they had a dream that Gideon was going to come and roll over their... I mean... Gideon wasn't, didn't just hear it first time. He's like, yeah, let's go. Gideon hesitated. Barak, we mentioned. Samson. He had some issues. Jephthah, he was an idiot. I mean, what a stupid vow. David. Samuel. Great prophet. His sons didn't turn out that great. Okay. So each of these people in Hebrews 11, there were a lot of failures in their lives, a lot of failures in Isaac's life. We read about them in Genesis chapter 27, but their failures did not mean they couldn't repent. Their failures did not mean they couldn't have faith. 
their weaknesses and their shortcomings did not mean that God could not use them. And that's encouraging because I have weaknesses. That's encouraging because I have made really dumb mistakes. That is encouraging because I have shortcomings and faults. But that doesn't mean that I can't believe what God said and do what God said and that God can't use me in some way to accomplish his purpose. So the point I'd like us to take from that is that we have got to stop using our failures as an excuse for why God can't use us. Brother David, you don't understand what I've done. I don't know what your past is. I don't know if you have a past. If you have a past, that means you can't have a future. God used a lot of people in the Bible with a horrible past. Well, I just, I'm not all that talented. I don't have much confidence. There's really not much I can do. I don't have a lot of faith. Whatever excuse that we use, Hebrews 11 invalidates it. The only failure that would keep you from serving God is repeating all of those failures. Look, you can change. You can make different decisions. You can go a new direction. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. No matter what decision you made or didn't make, what you can do now is choose to believe the Word of God and do what it says. Similarly, this helps me in this mindset. Obviously, God wants to be perfect. Job was perfect. But God uses imperfect people. We've got to stop requiring everybody else to be perfect in order for us to think that God can use them. We're all unique individuals, some more unique than others. We go to a unique church, more unique than many, right? You go to different churches, you see a lot of different things. You, you hear different preachers, you, you hear a lot of different things. Different musical styles, different emphasis, different different tastes, different standards. Sometimes we fall in this mindset that in order for somebody to please God, in order for God to like to, 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 to use them, they've got to be just like us. And it doesn't work that way. For one thing, being just like us isn't all it's cracked up to be. I mean, that's really, that's really not the standard, being just like us, because we're not all that great. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to, go to, we, we're going to a great church. I'm not saying I don't like you. I love you guys. But, but just look introspectively for a minute. Should we really make that the standard? Okay, so, so maybe they're a little different. God can use them. How many of these people, if they were alive, would we say that God could use? I mean, think about their lives. I'm not discounting their sin or downplaying the necessity of repentance. God could never have used them if they didn't repent of that sin and exercise faith and obey the Lord. But God can do more with what he has available than we often think he can. And that includes me and that includes the people around you and that includes you and that includes other churches and other of the Christians. So the people in Hebrews 11, they set a great example of faith. They set some bad examples in other areas of their lives, but we need to hone in on 
their trust and belief and confidence in the promise of God and what they did because of it. And Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph points to that truth just like all the rest. All right, let's pray quickly. Father, thank you. Thank you, dear God, for your word. Help us take these lessons. We're looking forward to going to the church service now and singing your praise and worshiping you. And hearing Brother James open the Bible. God, I pray that you'd use him, help him this morning as he preaches. And then, uh, God, have a time of fellowship together this afternoon. We're looking forward to that. Pray that you'd bless the nursing home service and all the ministry activities today. Uh, Lord, the tracks that went out last night, Daytona, Orlando, the preaching that was done. Uh, Lord, pray that you'd bless the seed sown for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ in his name. Amen.